Welcome to this edition of the IWI's CFITrainer.net podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to say thanks to those who have supported us in our endeavor to create CFI Trainer and this podcast. The podcast and CFITrainer.net are funded by DHS FEMA Fire Prevention and Safety Grants through the Assistance to Firefighter Grant Program. We're also supported by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. This month, once again, we're grateful for the support of UL. Having working smoke alarms is critical to public safety. New technology is enabling alarms to be even more effective to better distinguish between smoke from cooking and that from a potentially life-threatening fire. Learn more about this new technology and how it's being incorporated into new editions of safety standards by visiting smokealarms.ul.org. By the way, if you want to support CFITrainer.net, you can click on the Donate button on the network page and donate yourself. Any donation you make will go directly to the operations or development of new content for CFITrainer.net. While we're grateful for our grant awards and partners, we're always working on finding ways to be sustainable. We're glad you're here. Let's get into the podcast. Following up on our last two podcasts about wildland investigation, we have two interesting new technology developments in wildland fires to share with you, and then we'll talk to Lester Rich from the National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, Maryland. First, the technology developments related to wildland fires. During the recent spate of wildfires in California, scientists from San Jose State University's Fire Weather Research Laboratory have been testing an experimental Doppler radar to see inside wildfire smoke plumes with groundbreaking clarity. It's enabling a new understanding of turbulence, particle movement, and wind inside wildfire plumes. This new technology allows researchers to better understand the structure of wildfires and how they evolve, particularly wind generated by the fire and the spin-out of embers that spark new fires, two things that current models cannot predict. A better understanding of the mechanics of wildfires might lead to more accurate forecasts and thus earlier and better warning systems as well as more efficient and accurate deployment of firefighting resources. Doppler radar uses the reflection of microwaves off solid objects to derive data on their size and motion. This new system, specifically for wildfires, uses the Ka band, which is better suited to detecting very small particles like ash. It also scans faster and at a higher resolution than traditional Doppler and LiDAR. This experimental wildfire Doppler is small enough to be mounted on a vehicle and thus can be driven directly to where the fire is. In other technology news, a team of researchers at Stanford University has developed a non-toxic biodegradable cellulose-based gel-like fluid that helps common wildland fire retardants last much longer. When fire retardant and the booster gel are sprayed together on vegetation, the gel helps the retardant last the entire fire season because it is resistant to the effects of weather and stops the evaporation of moisture in the retardant that renders it ineffective which can happen in a short period of time if it's deployed near the heat of an active wildfire. Although the gel will eventually degrade, that process takes months and therefore reapplication will be needed much less often, saving time and resources and significantly reducing the amount of retardant needed to provide long-lasting protection. The gel retardant combination could be particularly effective in preventative treatment of fire-prone areas including those frequented by humans who cause a high percentage of wildfires and areas under power lines. 
The gel retardant combination could also be used to slow or stop the spread of an existing fire by keeping flying embers from sparking new spot fires. The gel can be applied using existing agricultural and aircraft-based spraying equipment. In tests conducted with CAL FIRE, the treatment including the new gel provided complete fire protection even after an inch of rain. Without the gel, the same fire retardant provides little to no protection under the same conditions. Further tests on high fire risk roadside areas are currently underway. The gel has been recently branded as a product called Fortify and is now commercially available. Be sure to check out the links on this podcast page to source articles so you can read more of the technical details and the story about how the idea for the gel came to the lead researcher and how his team made it real. Now let's take a few minutes to learn about what's going on at the NFA. With us today is Lester Rich, an IAAI CFI, who is a training specialist and curriculum manager for the National Fire Academy at the U.S. Fire Administration. Lester is also a retired ATF Special Agent Certified Fire Investigator and was a member of the National Response Team for 10 years. Let's head over now to the National Emergency Training Center, or NETC, in Emmitsburg, Maryland. So we're here uh, in Emmitsburg at the National Fire Academy with Lester Rich. I just wanted to say thank you very much, Lester, for being with us. Excellent. Thank you for coming out. We'll jump right into it and uh, talk a little bit about your background. Okay. So I am the uh, training specialist for the uh, Fire and Investigative Sciences program here at the NFA. Uh, that encompasses all the fire investigation, forensic science, courtroom testimony courses, uh, pretty much all aspects of the curriculum that relate to fire investigation. So tell me how you got started here at the NFA. How, what, what brought you in? Oh, I was, I've always been interested in the training environment. Um, so I started out as the fire marshal in Watauga County uh, up in North Carolina, and then I went to work for Charlotte Fire Department as an investigator. Um, that's where I got involved with ATF, uh, found out a little bit about their fire investigation responsibilities. Um, so I'd applied, was selected there by ATF. Uh, they sent me to Charleston. So I was there for a while, and then I uh, took a deferred retirement from them, started my own fire investigation company with a couple other people. So we ran that for 10 years, and then this, um, this position opened up, and I was kind of interested to get back in training. And so that's how I ended up back up here, in, or uh, not back up here, that's how I ended up here in Maryland. That's a pretty interesting path. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, I'm not used to hearing people take the break, go private, and come back. But right. It, and it was uh, it was good for me at the time. Um, and actually, for this particular position, I think it was uh, fortuitous that I did that because it kind of gives me um, a perspective of both sides of the coin. So tell me about how you create curriculum. Sure. So uh, about uh, specifically here at the Academy, about uh, two years ago, we had a uh, curriculum review. So we brought in um, people from all across the country, uh, reviewed the uh, existing curriculum. They were in here for about a week. I had uh, academics, practitioners, um, instructors, just as many people as I could get to come look at the curriculum. So uh, out of that came this. And so what we're doing is we just created a, a overall broad curriculum. We sort of created two bookends in the curriculum. So I have the Fire Investigation Essentials course, um, which is 772. All the numbers changed. Some of the names changed. All the content changed. Why did you change the numbers? <laughs> um, so the number change is how the, it's basically administratively so that the academy 
uh, designates that as a new course, a completely different course from what it was. So the, the old 200 numbers were archived, and um, but that number can't go away. You can't like recycle it. So uh, we ended up with new numbers moving to the 700s. I think you guys are just doing it to make yourself <laughs> so, look smarter. It is. Uh, 700 is a lot smarter than 200, sure. <laughs> uh, so we, we moved to the 700s, and we've got... Um, the essentials course, which is well, there's a there's a first responder course, which is uh, um, very similar to the video like IAAI made. Um, it basically deals with issues that affect the first responder as related to fire investigation or responding to fires. You know, uh, protecting the scene, preserving evidence, identifying evidence, uh, some things like that. So, uh, in between those two bookends, we've got a, an electrical course. Uh, we have a technical aspects course. Uh, and we have a uh, expert witness courtroom testimony course. Um, and then also we are working on a um, online instructor-led or a mediated report writing course. Uh, so in that, that particular course, the student will take it you know, wherever they are, um, anticipate that course will run about six weeks, and it will really delve into uh, writing an expert report, writing a, a more complex report. I know there's a lot of people who are going to appreciate that. Yeah, I think it will be very popular once we get it up and running. I think there's a lot of people who read reports who are going to really appreciate that, too. I know that uh, when I talk to people, there's, you know, it's like in so many industries, writing. Writing well is right. so important. And, and it's sort of uh, a, a unique situation in that we, we introduce that subject in essentials, um, but there's just not time in that two weeks to really delve into the writing. And then it pops up again in the technical, and obviously... Or not obviously, but one of the changes for the uh, new courtroom testimony course, um, we developed all new uh, cold case fire scenes. And so those fire scenes will now get presented to the student on their arrival here. And during the first week of the class, they will actually craft or create their own expert report. And that's the report they'll use to testify from uh, the second week of the class. And uh, the other thing we're kind of excited about is we expanded that to include um, three testimony opportunities now. So uh, a student will have a, a CV, sort of like a Daubert challenge, uh, the first, first part of the week. Um, they then will have a deposition about that same case file. And then towards the end of the week, there'll be a mock trial where each student will also testify in court about that same uh, case file that they've been working with all week. It's pretty in depth. You've uh, you've done a lot of work. It's it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of material. That's that's for sure. It's interesting to me, and I, and I, I you know been around a little bit with you guys for quite some time now. And uh, when I think about fire investigation and the USFA or NFA uh, for the academy here, I, I I'm thinking, wow, you've really expanded. Uh, I, I think of usually the NFA as being more uh, more about other aspects of firefighting. Mm -hmm. Um, has it has it expanded more in fire investigation? Um, it has in well, I, you know, um, yes. So one of the kind of interesting parts of that, um, and this is a little uh, urban uh, history or, or uh, oral history that I've been told. So um, that the the NFA was actually offering fire investigation courses very early on, like some of the very first courses that the, the fire academy offered were in fire investigation and arson. Um, so that program has been in, entrenched in the NFA since its inception. Um, 
this is uh, I think this is a a, a a reboot of that in that it's more cohesive now um, and this new curriculum is more uh, in line with you know 921 1033 with uh, you know Kirks and the other other books and publications that are out there um, and it also seems like it's in line with things that other um, other uh, training organizations are doing so like with IAAI you know they're partners with us in this uh, adventure up here that we have um, these courses count towards you know IAAI like the fit certification for essentials or for uh, to meet the requirement for the courtroom testimony that course will um, obviously ATF has been here for probably 10 or 12 years since ago that they got really heavily invested in participating with the NFA and um, really dumping a lot of resources into this program. Um, so when when uh, ATF got involved, that was kind of the turning point where the program really started to swing towards science and education and you know research and testing and with the Fire Research Lab. Um, and then as this curriculum development starts to unfold, um, we've picked up some other partners. Yeah. Uh, we've picked up Underwriters Laboratory with contributing content, uh, contributing expertise, writing some of the stuff for us. Uh, same thing with ATS Fire Research Lab. Um, we can get engineers up here to instruct. They'll assist with that you know, content development as well. The other partnership we've got is with uh, Homeland Security's uh, Science and Technology uh, Directorate. Um, so I, I don't know, a lot of, some firefighters might be uh, familiar with them. They have focus groups. They look at designing additional equipment or things that would assist the first responder. Uh, and it's sort of a, um, it's a DHS program that sort of fast tracks that development and then tries to get it to the streets. So um, I think that's probably one of the big things that's changed, you know, in the last two or three years is, uh, and especially with the rewrite, is the inclusion of some more experts, some more subject matter experts, some additional partners to help really elevate the level of what we're doing here. Yeah, and you're doing blended learning as well. I mean, with this online stuff Correct. that you're doing yourself and with the partnership with CFI Trainer, which obviously yes. we all appreciate yes, very much. we appreciate so without, that too. <laughs> without and saying thank you from the IAAI would be uh, You're also doing some things outside. Want to talk a little bit yes. about that? That's expanded. It's as a well. lot of concrete. Yeah. Um, yes, we have uh, expanded again. As best I could tell, the original burn cells were dropped in there sometime in 86, 87 maybe. So we now have um, the flashover ventilation demo uh, burn building. We have a complex burn building, which is a 15 by 40. Right now it's set up like a townhouse. Uh, it's configurable. The walls are movable inside, so we can do multi-room burns in that structure. And then uh, this summer, we just completed construction of eight. They're attached, but they're individual burn cells. One thing we were able to do is uh, create some different uh, layouts. So, you know, they're all 10 by 14, but we were able to move the doors in different places. Some of the cells have multiple windows. Uh, we have... Um, uh, one of the cells, the, the windows are at different heights, so we can get an inflow and outflow, uh, kind of simulate flow path there. Uh, some of the windows are really close together. Some of them are farther apart. We tried to really, uh, as much as we could, create variations for ventilation. It's, it's a great learning opportunity for students because even, even if they came back, if they were here one month and came back the next month, they'll get completely different 
fires, you know, essentially with as would depend on the layout, the furniture, where it was set, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. I, I it's so funny. I when we started out, you made it sound like, oh yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, and then you start talking, and and quite frankly, it seems to me you're picking up a lot of momentum. You've got a lot of fresh uh, information and and content being put out there and structure. So now I, I you know always got to push a little bit more. What's the future like? What are you seeing? Yeah, it's, um, it, I see this is really um, the demand increasing, you know, as far as, as wanting uh, this course offered more often or the ability to put that together. That's one of the things we're talking about with uh, Chief Hoover and, you know, the administration here is like, how do we really meet that need? Because it's, I mean, if I if we have the the best case scenario, I can put about eight hundred or so students a year through each of those courses. The other part of that is the um, the instructor cadre that we have here. So uh, we have a combination, like I said, uh, of ATF. So they're here on campus all the time. Um, we usually get a visiting uh, CFI. So ATF will bring one of their CFIs from the field in to contribute to the course. Um, which is really good for the students. One, it lets them see an ATF agent, and then uh, they develop that relationship as well. We also have expanded that now to include, like, the Maryland Fire Marshal's office. So they're bringing a canine in, you know, for the for the practical exercise. So now our students have an access to a dog. Um, some of them, have, you know, used a dog all the time. Some of them maybe never had a dog at their department. So that expands. So really, it's I see the future is just an increase in the um, the 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 level of the instructor and and that group or that uh, partnership that we're we're leveraging with UL and ATF and the Fire Research Lab and even our contract instructors. You know, I've got engineers on the contract instructor staff now, um, and we're really trying to bolster that. I remember talking to Superintendent Hoover, and she said, "You got to get out here." And talk to Lester, and I'm glad we did. I'm sure glad you guys came out. I, I do. I uh, I think it's the really that's that's probably the biggest takeaway is the partnerships that are that are nurtured here. They they're started elsewhere, but then when they come here, um, you know, we have instructors from IAAI, ATF. You like I said, we we named them all, but um, just the fact that it's a sort of a you know incubator for ideas, and we get we get people from different law enforcement, private sector, private research, government research, um, you know, science and technology. Uh, it's just a really unique sort of academic, you know, environment where you can kind of leverage that. And, and people have good ideas. And they'll be like, hey, what if we try this in the burn zone? We'll be like, let's try that. That's really probably one of the, the, the most interesting aspects of it is just getting all that group of people together. And we often, we don't always agree on everything, but at the end of the day, it's a great, it produces a great product for the student. Well, I didn't finish the sentence before, but thank you. You're welcome. I, You're welcome. That was what I had started to say on behalf of IAAI, CFI training everybody else. Really appreciate it. No, Thanks you're welcome. Us. You're welcome. Thank you guys for coming out. Once again, Lester, thanks for joining us today, and we hope everyone listening will take a few minutes to use the link on this podcast page to check out NFA's current courses for fire investigators. Before we wrap up today, I want to give a special shout out to Kathy DePiro, who researches and writes a ton of content for our podcasts and for CFITrainer.net modules. Thanks for what you do, Kathy. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We wish you all a safe holiday season. 
We'll see you next time on CFITrainer.net. For the IAAI and CFITrainer.net, I'm Rod Ammon.